Hello and welcome to the Seems Legit Podcast, hosted by your favorite craft beer drinking, whiskey sipping, bourbon appreciating, sushi eating, steak craving, speedo wearing, tell it like it is, poker playing guitarist, the dude himself, the dude Sonny D. I want to thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. It's been a while, but we are back. Uh, so yeah, it is uh, now uh, October 5th of 2020. What a year it has been. Uh, I don't think anybody expected the year to go the way it has. Uh, I'd be shocked if anybody uh, told me that that's what they were expecting. But nonetheless, it uh, it is what it is. We are well into 2020 now. Uh, Actually, it's crazy to think we are actually closer to 2021 now and what that could have versus uh, what 2020 has been. It, it's very interesting, uh, very interesting times, very interesting year. Uh, it was funny, I was talking to Nick, who's guested many times here on the podcast before, about exactly this, and uh, kind of one of the things we were talking about was the idea of it's a very interesting time to be alive and to be witnessing it um, from any perspective. Um, you know, I look at my stepdaughter, I don't know if she would, uh, what she's going to hold on to this moving forward. Uh, in her life, but at least at six years old, she has an opportunity to at least experience, to be a part of this. Like, she understands the wearing of the masks. She understands the need to use hand sanitizer, the uh, understanding of social distancing. She has such a good grasp of this at such a young age. And I just, I wonder if moving forward, this is something that's going to continue um, and, and what she's going to retain from this, what she's going to remember from this, what there's going to be um, how this is going to impact her, how this is going to impact all of us. So it's, 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 it is a very interesting time. Uh, you know, a lot has happened. Uh, so I think this is kind of a catching up episode really uh, today. So let's just have some fun with this. We'll talk a little bit about everything. A lot has happened in the last little while. I think the last episode I did was uh, my fantasy uh, heads up, no limit hold'em uh, poker tournament, uh, which we did have Stu Unger winning, which in another episode, just dedicate to poker, I'll talk more about how we came up with that, uh, why we did that. Uh, it ended up being like a two-hour episode, so thank you all so much for tuning into that. But uh, in this episode, let's just talk about shit that's happened. Uh, we're getting close now to the U.S. election. Um, sadly, um, in a very uh, interesting turn of events, uh, President Trump has caught and tested positive for COVID-19. Um, and I, I mean, regardless of what your political beliefs are, it's unfortunate and sad when anybody catches it. And the uncertainty surrounding the, the virus and the illness is very, very, very um, sad. And you don't wish it upon anybody. Uh, so, you know, uh, our best wishes are with um, anybody who has the virus. Um, no matter what your political beliefs are, uh, you don't like to hear people catching uh, something as horrible as this. So... Uh, and I mean, especially this close to the election, right? I mean, there's a lot of implications just from the fact that we are, you know, within weeks of the U.S. election. And here the president is kind of sitting here fighting COVID versus kind of fighting for uh, his election and his presidential life, so to speak. So it's a very interesting time uh, to catch the virus. Uh, I think a lot of there's going to be a lot coming out. Uh, surrounding how this could have happened, how it got into the White House. Uh, there's talks now that there's more active cases in the White House than there are in some countries. Like this is so somewhere this got out of hand, 
I mean, it's to not to be expected, but it, I, I, you would imagine there was an extra element of caution taken when it comes to the White House and securing the White House and preventing COVID-19 from entering the White House. You would think so. You would hope so. You'd imagine so. But uh, nonetheless, it just goes to show that even the White House isn't immune um, to having COVID-19 walk through its doors. And to me personally... I think I take it more of as an eye-opener and a kind of a wake-up call to a lot of us, no matter which part of the world you live in, that this does need to be taken seriously, that you do need to be careful. You do need to kind of always be thinking, right? You know, be cognizant. Don't, you know, take those unnecessary risks. Uh, And that's no matter what you believe kind of on the virus or whatever. I mean, looking at the masks now... Um, I don't think the masks are going anywhere now until we have a vaccine. To be perfectly honest, they're not. I don't think so. I don't see how it's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, what do you really lose other than your quote-unquote freedom to not wear a mask? What do you really lose by having to wear a mask to go grocery shopping or to go to the mall or to go to any kind of public space, whatever it might be? You don't really lose anything. Um, The only thing I've had a bit of a weird issue with and that's and i don't know if this is happening everywhere but in winnipeg here when you go into the liquor um, store they have like a security vestibule right away when you enter and they take your id they scan it so i imagine all of this is done above board and is legitimate so they legitimately scan your id to make sure a it's a valid id b they check it Uh, You're only in there with somebody in your party, so you don't really have to worry too much about virus exposure. They ask you to remove your mask uh, so that they can check to make sure it's you. So you imagine that's a pretty thorough ID check, and yet twice now, maybe three times, I've had the same cashier. uh, And and I'm not trying to throw them under the bus. I'm not going to mention which liquor store it is. Um, has then proceeded to, when I go to pay for my liquor, again ask me for my ID lower the mask and everything. Now, here comes the problem I have with this. Or not even problem, just questions I have surrounding this process and why it's happening. To me, the big issue there that I want to know about and that I wonder about is the idea of, quite simply, why was I checked once in a a, a relatively secure, safe, kind of virus-free environment to now have to be checked again in the same store in a less vi- um, virus prevention friendly manner um, and I it, it's just to me I just have a qu- I, I, I want to know why that's happening I've asked after it happened I think the third time I finally asked um, what this was all about and, and they gave the person gave kind of um, an answer that I, I guess is satisfactory uh, in that they're third party and they have a responsibility themselves to ID you. So it just, I, I don't really understand why the redundance then needs to exist. I, I, I'm just one of those people. I pick apart um, inefficiencies and I just view that as inefficient and I view that as kind of, you know, in a, in a horrible case scenario, what happens if that's the moment that you are exposed to the virus? You know, what happens if this was, you know, back when masks weren't mandatory and I'm being the prudent citizen and I'm wearing the mask. Somebody isn't. They happen to walk by me because they've paid at a cash the other cashier. They walk by me. They're breathing out. They might be asymptomatic. They breathe. They give me the virus and I get sick. I imagine there's a certain liability now. 
And I imagine that that liability, they were trying to avoid that at the, with having the ID checks at the entrance, which I'm okay with. Fine. Fuck it. You need to be a certain age to get into the liquor store. ID me when I walk in. I'm okay with that. Uh, I've got nothing to hide. I'm in my 30s. What does it matter? Um, but it's that ex that additional exposure that has to happen at the point of contact at the till. That gets me a little bit. That, that does irk me. Uh, I view it as, as very unnecessary because I think at a certain point, the onus is on the security guard in that controlled environment to make sure you're not letting in anybody there that shouldn't be in. So, I don't know. I imagine, and I could be wrong, but... It would be an interesting legal battle if that were to happen, if that exact case were to have happened. You know, somebody prudent wears the mask, they've gone through the ID check, they've done everything, and then the cashier decides to be kind of smart ass about it and say, hey, I want to see your ID too. Um, as if you're trying to pull some kind of fast one. I mean, this, again, I don't mind. I'm not trying to pull anything. I'm in my 30s. I ID me as much as I want as you want. I take it as a bit of a compliment, to be perfectly honest. But... It, it, it is a bit of a weird thing because then, yeah, exactly. Somebody walks by me, boom, they breathe. I get the virus. I'm sick. Now what? Like, do I get, you know, and I have to go through a hell of a time or God forbid I pass it on to somebody. Um, and and we, don't, we can talk about this in another episode, that expression, that God forbid expression. Um, that's not a, I don't mean it in a religious manner. I'm not trying to po impose any kind of religious belief on anybody. So I do apologize. Maybe it takes offense to that it's a, it's a weird figure of speech that I, I use. And I've heard so many people, um, use no matter what their religious background. So anyway, um, forbidding the fact that I might bring it home to somebody and give it, uh, you know, to Jess or, or to Littlefoot, uh, might give it to a family member that that would be awful, especially over over redundant inefficiency, um, being caused at the cat at the till. So to me, that I, I do have an issue with it, and I, I would like it better explained or or maybe examined. Maybe they are the ones who are in the wrong here, and they need to kind of look at that process. I mean, now that everybody's supposed to be wearing masks, yeah, the risk is mitigated. But I believe the first time it happened to me. I it was before it was absolutely mandatory that everybody wear the masks. That's a to me. I think there's some that's a little bit um, unnecessary, to say the least. But regardless, that's kind of my vent of the day, uh, my my piss off. Um, but regardless, it is what it is. Uh, I, as I was saying, I don't think masks are going anywhere, and I think proper precautions, as I said, minus this one, and it ends funny. Because, again, it's not even every single attendant in the liquor store does it. They all kind of respect the process. They respect it. It's, just, it's one person. So I, I don't know why they feel the need. Maybe I maybe they, I don't know, maybe they, they recognize, maybe they have a grudge. I don't know. Maybe they are just trying to do their job, whatever it is. And that's why I don't want to single them out. I don't want to single out where they were. Um, it just, this is something that has happened. And, it, and it's kind of a little bit frustrating, but... Regardless, I think we can all move on uh, from that. Uh, and, and maybe it isn't as big an issue as I'm making it, but still, I think when you really examine the kind of consequences and the, and the necessities in life, I just don't view how it was an absolute, uh, absolutely necessary uh, endeavor. But regardless, it happened, you know, piss off, whatever. But anyway... Uh, masks are, I, I don't think are going, I don't think they're the worst thing in the world. Um, uh, 
to be perfectly honest, I don't know that it was ever really a good idea for us to not be wearing masks. I mean, yeah, there's the freedom of, oh, yeah, you get to wear your mask, you get to, you know, have the freedom to not wear one. But at the same time, especially when you think about now that we're kind of getting into cold and flu season, I don't really know how many people truly um, have made the decision in, the, in, the, in their lives that it's a good idea to have somebody else breathing their cough and, and flu and germs all over your, your food whether it be your produce or your meat or your canned goods, um, you're having those germs spewing out everywhere um, at the best of times that, you know, maybe maybe it wasn't, it isn't the worst thing that we have to wear masks now. Maybe it does keep things better. Maybe it is just overall better for us um, that we're not all spreading our germs and disease. I'll say this. I would, I, I kind of want people to ask themselves this question. Since lockdown, if you've been taking the proper precautions since this COVID-19 outbreak and, and you didn't get COVID and all of this, when was the last time you were sick? So there is some degree of illness prevention that comes from taking certain precautions, from being clean, from avoiding other people that are sick, from being healthy, from exercising, from getting rest, from getting uh, you know your daily nutrients, all of these things. These are positives. So there is some merit to what is happening and, and these precautions that are taking place. And it's funny too, because yes, I, I think one of the biggest puzzles when it comes to COVID-19 is the idea of there you don't know what to expect. You know, wh whenever there's been a seasonal cold or a seasonal flu, whatever it might be, or you know, you hear, oh, there's a nasty cold going around, or oh, there's a nasty flu going around. I'm sure we've all heard that expression. You kind of hear of what people are going through, or you see it. You see your friend with it, and you're like, oh, that looks horrible, or oh, that sounds dreadful. Whatever it might be, you kind of know. So you're, you, can't, you have this idea of, oh, if I get it, I'm in for that. I don't know how many people out there truly enjoy being sick, but I don't think it's many. I don't think anybody really ever thinks to themselves, hey, you know what? I could really go for a good cold right now. Or I could really go for a nice flu right about now. I, you know, I, I haven't had the flu in a while. I could go for the flu. I don't think that's the case. I think sometimes people might think it because they need time off. So really what the thought is and the motivating factor is I could use some time off. I could use some time away from the office. I could use some time away from work. You know, I've heard people say, oh, may, you know, get, I wouldn't mind getting that cold if it meant not having to go to work. Well, there you go. So wait a second. The price you're willing to pay to not go to work is being sick. So the motivating factor is the not going to work. It's the, it's the fact that you need some time to yourself. It's the fact that you need some time away. It's some recharge time, some refresh time. We all need that. There's, I, you know, there's plenty out there information on the benefits of taking some time to refresh, to recharge. So... I think that's one of the things kind of coming out of COVID-19 we're going to have to look at. We're going to have to look at and, and rely on our, kind of our legislators to look at as well is this idea, you know, of paid sick time. How many times people come into work sick because they don't have any sick days left or they don't want to miss pay? You know, it's, it's things like that. Or how many times you just need a day? How many times you just get into work, things start going wrong. It's that first hour and you're like, fuck this. I just need a day. I just need a fucking day. I've been there. I've been there. I remember 
uh, I was at a former job and uh, it was uh, it was hilarious because well I think it's hilarious but anyway I uh, it was just I get into the office and it's one thing after another I spill coffee on myself I for the first time had made um, I'd missed something on some paperwork I got caught it wasn't a big deal but I'd missed something on some paperwork. I didn't realize the 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 ass part of my suit pant was worn out. Uh, somebody told me, uh, they're like, "Hey, you know, uh, I, I I didn't know you wanted to air out your butt there." And I'm like, "Well, what? What? Air out my butt?" And they're like, "Yeah, it's kind of worn out there, bud. Go look in the in the mirror." And I just I ended up going fixing the little uh, oversight on the paperwork. And then I looked at the person. And I said, "You know what? Fuck this. I need a day." And, and and the whole kind of back office area laughed. And I said, "No, I'm taking it." And uh, they referenced uh, Lewis Litt from Suits when uh, the first time he comes out and sees uh, Harvey's name on the wall, and he just gets back in the elevator and says, I need a day. We've all been there. We've all had something that has caused us to say, I need a fucking day. There's nothing wrong with needing that day. Um, And I think that the biggest thing there coming out of this, or one of the things that's going to come out of this, a corollary of COVID-19, is the understanding that sometimes people, for their own mental health, their own physical health, just need a a day. They need a half a day, whatever it might be. I think the work environment, the work week, how that is structured is going to change. I think coming out of this, there are going to be some very creative and interesting ways as to how we approach creating a work environment if you are an employer if you're an employee what you're going to look for from now on when you maybe consider switching jobs i had heard of somebody somebody was telling me this i was taking a break here for some coffee i try to stay away from the mic when i uh, have a sip of coffee because it is kind of a, a loud and obnoxious voice and i do apologize to all of you listeners uh, whenever you have to hear that but regardless yes it is um I heard a story of someone uh, who actually took less money. A company offered them less money. They said, oh, we'll take off 10% and you get to work from home. And the person's like, done, done deal. Uh, recently, a buddy of mine applied for a job out of province. It was a work remotely situation. So it was a company based in, uh, in Saskatchewan. He applied for the job and was one of the final candidates. Uh, they ended up hiring internally, so that, that was unfortunate for my friend. But at the same time, Again, how we do things, how we've learned to work, how we're using technology and virtual technology to our advantages, distance um, collaboration. You think about it in academics, for instance. Sometimes the people you're going to work with aren't even in the same country. They don't even operate in close to the same time zone. Uh, This is, is now, I think, encompassing more facets of the work and economy uh, or the workspace and, and work environment and the economic environment. Um, and I think it's, it's a good thing. I think that's one thing that's going to come out of this is you can now look to say, well, wait a second. How much of this, as long as tasks are being completed, how much of this needs to be done by somebody sitting in a cubbyhole here in an office space? You know, how much, you know, as a company... You're going to see, I think, companies that are going to create, and they, they, they do exist. I've heard this. Where companies exist, bigger companies, um, successful companies, where there's actually no real office because it's just people working remotely, people working all over the place together that are all connected virtually. Uh, I think the virtual workspace and the virtual work environment 
is drastically changing and is evolving, and I think it's maybe steps that have been necessary all along. Um, not all of it is positive necessarily. I think uh, one of the biggest complaints I have heard is uh, regarding schooling, is regarding the very expensive, and I have many a thought on this, and a guest I want to bring, and I want to try and get some of um, some some as I get more, as we come back in the podcast now, uh, full swing here in the fall, uh, bring in some guests from different facets, different backgrounds. Uh, one of the, uh, you know, I want to bring in some academic backgrounds, hear their perspectives. Um, and as someone who's been through university, I think that's the biggest thing. I think people, you know, they think, oh, here's this podcasting guy who knows how, who cooks food and, and plays guitar and is a poker player and a card savant and all of these nonsense. But I think people forget that at the same time too, I am also, I've been through school. I've done it. Um, and whilst I, I don't disagree with education, I think we should always be looking to learn things, to educate, to evolve, to grow. I do, I, I do have some big, big, big problems with, um, how universities are run and uh, some of the structures there. But regardless, uh, I would love to hear some of the perspectives from people in them. And, uh, one of the things that I'm hearing from the, or that you see a lot of in, from students is this idea of costs going up, yet what I'm actually getting is less. It's watered down. There's no fit, you know, I'm not going to a physical campus. I'm going to take a virtual online course that is video and that is done electronically. You know, I, I email my professors, all of these things. You kind of now have to wonder a little bit, like where, and, and maybe there is some value. Maybe, you know, and I, I don't know, I'm not in this environment. So it would be something I'd love to hear from students. I'd love to hear from instructors, hear from professors, how this is working to keep that value component um, as these institutions continue to increase costs and not give students a break, right? You'd think this could be one of the greatest re-enrollments into education. I mean, education and post-secondary education is an industry in itself. Um, if you don't know that, and I do apologize as the, uh, gar if you're hearing this in the background, um, as the, uh, garbage and recycling bins come and pick up, but educate, post-secondary education is an industry in itself and they are fighting for your dollars just like any other consumer-based industry. Students are the customers. It is a service industry. I am serving you education and knowledge and you are giving in assignments and whatnot. There is a trade being hap that is happening where I give you material, I give you my insight, I give you my expertise as the instructor. You come back, you do some tests, you do some assi assignments to demonstrate to me you have an understanding of what I have taught you, uh, which is the purpose of testing. Uh, the per one or one of the purposes of testing, one of the main purposes of testing is understanding of knowledge. It is also to discriminate. Now, people hear that word discriminate, they're like, oh my God. And I, and you know, this is the problem in today's day and age where people will take things out of context. People might not understand concepts and certain words and then they hear it and they're like, oh my God, that's a trigger word. Yeah, uh, you know, the dude said uh, discriminate on his podcast. That is correct. Uh, to discriminate is to differentiate, um, and you do need to discriminate with assessment. You are looking to differentiate. You are looking to see which students are doing the best. You you need to have students do better than other students. Um, what you try to do is create an equal environment um, in testing. You try to give everybody the same shot 
at success. You don't try to give everybody the same shot or the same opportunity in which they can succeed. You don't need to specialize it. Um, there's a difference between equal and fair, uh, and you try to be equal, not necessarily fair. Um, in testing, you want to give everybody an equal shot. A fair shot would imply that everybody has the has to be given the same chance, given other parameters to succeed. What you're saying with a test is you're saying, here's the material, you guys have all been educated on the same material, you guys all have the same questions, therefore it has been up to you whether you've studied, understood the material, found ways to understand the material, whether you've had questions, had those questions answered, and you have come forth, now you answer the test, you, you do the test, you see who um, has understood the material the best. In an equal environment, everybody can get 100%. Everybody can if they've done their job, and I've, I've advocated for that. I tell students that when I've had to TA, when I've had to guest lecture, when I've had to sub in, when I've had to be part of, you know, test designs, I always tell students that. 100%, you guys can all get 100%. I want you all to get 100% because it does nothing for me to see you fail. I don't like that. I'm not a mean person. I don't want to see you all fuck up. I want you guys to do well. Um, but pr the problem is, is with testing, uh, and I shouldn't say problem, but one of the effects of testing is that idea that you are there to monitor and see who, ha who has can demonstrate an understanding. And that's where that discrimination comes in. You're not discriminating based on physical characteristics of a person. You are discriminating because you are trying to see who knows the material better versus who ha does not understand the material better. And then moving forward, you can see, okay, well, wait a second. This is why you test throughout schooling. And then by the time it gets to university and, and specialized programs, it, it, you, know, you don't get more and more tests. You get one test, you get a chance to show, did I master the material? Um, as an educator, you're, you, know, you test to see, well, hey, where are these shortcomings happening? Is it because they're not studying? Is there something here that maybe I'm not explaining well as the educator? Uh, I know there are sometimes, I, I view myself as a fairly good instructor and a fairly good um, speaker. I'm trying to be modest when I say that, but I, I do hold my ability to speak and to teach in relatively high regard. I'm very proud of those two things. I have worked a lot on them. I've spent a lot of time studying and mastering those crafts. So when I get a critique back, so if Jess says, you know what, I, I'm still not following that, I don't not look at that as what are you not getting. I look at that as an opportunity to say, well, wait a second. Where am I letting you down? Where is the shortcoming coming on my part? Because it's, it's my goal. I'm the one who's motivated to have you understand. I'm by when I'm when I'm trying to teach something or, or to explain something to somebody, I'm the one who's motivated. They're not motivated. I'm moving them to want to know the knowledge, to have the knowledge, but I'm the one who's motivated. So in my motivation, it is my job and my desire to understand what they may or may not be understanding so that I can help them, so that I can rephrase it, so that I can restructure it, so that I can convey that material so that we both have the same knowledge and understanding. Because again, if we both understand the same things we are talking about, again, more productive, more efficient. Um, but 
Again, that is one of those things that comes with schooling. I think I've gone off on a bit of a tangent here when it comes to schooling, but regardless, that's why it's my show. Uh, we talk, we enjoy ourselves. I hope uh, you guys are all enjoying this. But yes, uh, I think that's one of the big things too, is that industry, that, that, that schooling industry, that post-secondary uh, educational industry, uh, there, there's an opportunity for re-enrollment. There's an opportunity to bring people back, people upgrade their education, whether it be through professional programs, whether it be through advanced degrees. And again, there's a there's a whole discourse we could have on this. There's people I would love to have on the show. I think it'd be a great discussion episode. But um, and let me know your thoughts. Feel free reach out on Instagram um, at the dude Sunny D. Uh, you can reach out to me uh, the seems legit podcast dot com. Uh, however you want to, or uh, even at my other website, thedudesonnyd.com. Nonetheless, I want to know how you feel about it. The idea here, again, being that, wait a second, rather than trying to gouge students, maybe there was an opportunity that says, hey, wait a second, if you meet the criteria, let's make it so that you can get that degree. I think one of the biggest problems um, that we see in many industries, that we see in many you know, unsuccessful businesses or businesses that could have been more successful is that idea of uh, of dollars left behind. You step over dollars to pick up dimes. You know, I'd rather have all of the pie. Um, you know, some of a bigger piece of pie is better than none of any pie. So, again, it's uh, that, that's one of the things I think coming out of COVID that we're gonna or that w- through this COVID process that we are seeing is um and then that i'd like to talk about as a subject i'd like to examine more is this idea of post-secondary education where how people are feeling about how their education is being delivered to them what the what that cost is right you know that you know a big part of going to university is that face-to-face interaction especially at certain institutions you go to a smaller you know undergrad institution because you want that face time you want that time in the classroom with the professor um, for the help, for the guidance, whatever it might be. You go to a bigger institution because you're like, hey, there's some name brand recognition here. You get a degree from this place, boom, you get a job. Whatever it might be, there's other extrinsic factors that factor into your decision to go to a certain place that are now being affected. So these are all things to think about um, in the subject field of uh, COVID and uh, post-secondary education. Uh, but yeah, uh, we've also seen um, the return of sports through the summer. Uh, NHL was back, NBA's back, baseball was back, tennis is back. Uh, it's all, uh, and, and uh, some of them have wrapped up. So the Stanley Cup was one. The Tampa Bay Lightning came out of what was a very interesting playoff structure and format. We had that um, play-in round. Then we had the kind of official Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, And then after a long couple of months, the Tampa Bay Lightning got the job done. Uh, I know it's funny because going into the playoffs before any of this, uh, Tampa Bay was one of the favorites. They were probably the favorites last year. They were probably the preseason favorites this year. uh, And they got the job done. It is a stacked team, I'm not going to lie. They are a very talented team, a very deep team. Um, and, and you know what? They got it done. Look at Washington, how many years they were the favorites, and then finally they got it done when nobody expected it. Uh, to St. Louis last year, 
dead last to start the second half of the season, come back and win the Cup. And it was funny because a lot of people predicted the way St. Louis was playing this year, that they were the favorites to come out of the West. St. Louis was out in the first round. Uh, so it was it was very interesting to see how some of these play, these series played, uh, played out. I was not expecting uh, Washington to be out as early as they were. I think that was a bit of a surprise to many people um, when they lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, not to the Tampa Bay Lightning, the uh, New York Islanders. But again, uh, I think there was some coaching uh, issues there. I think a Washington team that had been that was continuing to be coached by Barry Trotz might have won back-to-back -back cups. Actually, they might have been looking at a three-peat. Uh, I think there's a big discussion uh, for Barry Trotz to be regarded as one of the best, if not the best, coach in the game right now. Uh, another coach, very polarizing figure, but who I think deserves a ton of credit is John Tortorella. What he did in Columbus with next to nothing in terms of talent or name-brand talent, uh, widely recognized talent, was incredible again. he lost. They lost it all. As I had said, and I stand by it, the biggest losers of last year's uh, trade uh, deadline were the Columbus Blue Jackets. They put all their ba eggs in that basket. They got through one round, and that was that. It was a tough, tough exit, but, I mean, at the same time, John Tortorella has proven that he is uh, worth his weight of gold behind that bench. Um, and again, it's just funny how things happen. We've looked at the Jets uh, a few years ago. Uh, Western final, people thought, hey, you know what, they've taken that next step. I remember the Hockey News had written, an, I think it was, had written an article of, a few years ago where they were like, the 2020 Stanley Cup champions, the 2019 Stanley Cup champion, Winnipeg Jets. And I remember at uh, this place I used to work, everybody made this big deal. Everybody got excited um, for this, this bullshit article. I shouldn't say bullshit article, I apologize. But this kind of, this this notional article, this fantasy article that, oh, Winnipeg was going to win the cup, and everybody was like, oh my god, the, the prediction's coming true. It's funny, because every year since then, we have taken leaps backwards. Yes, there were some factors this year that might have played into it, you know, the Bufflin injury, nobody saw that coming, uh, but then they gave away every defenseman we had. Um, we've watched our draft picks go away for talent that we didn't retain. Uh, we've watched... Um, as, and now we're facing a, a dilemma here where we have some of this homegrown talent that we're prepared to let go um, with a lot of trade rumors and circulating about Patrick Laine. I don't know what you'd get in return for Patrick Laine. I don't know that you want to move a Patrick Laine yet, but I've, I, my beloved Jets, I feel, are in a little bit of trouble. I think it, it they're going to go through some really tough growing pains. I don't think it's Paul Maurice that is the issue. I don't think it's a coaching issue, but I think there is some structural issues within that team that need to be addressed. Um, sadly, Brian Little uh, looks like he might have played his last game of professional hockey um, after taking, I think it was a slap shot to the ear, uh, something like that. But our beloved uh, Winnipeg Jets are in some trouble in my opinion. So we will see how that plays out for them. Uh, nonetheless, I, I do see uh, some tough uh, times ahead for them. And it's funny, though, because I don't know how this how the seasons are going to look moving forward. I don't know how much time off they're going to give the players. Um, I mean, for some of the players who haven't played since the beginning of the summer here, they've had quite a bit of time off now. Uh, so it could be interesting to see... Um, if they try to have a quick turnaround, maybe a December start uh, to the season. There's been talk about using multiple hub cities. 
Uh, the NBA, again, they're finally in the NBA Finals now. Um, with the LA Lakers leading the Miami Heat two games to one. Uh, the Heat pulling off a victory last night to avoid going down 3 nothing there. It's interesting times because you're not just affected for one year now at this rate. This could be a moving forward thing. We might have seen the last of the October starts to NBA and to NHL for, for the foreseeable future, to be perfectly honest. Baseball's managed to keep some degree of regular schedule. Um, their playoffs are kind of starting in and around the time that they would normally be starting. The football season has started around the time it normally would be starting. Um, however, again, the issue there is because of travel um, and because they aren't quite as restrictive with their players there, we're seeing games being postponed uh, because of COVID. We're seeing a number of players uh, getting tested positive for COVID-19, including uh, Cam Newton, recently for the New England Patriots, uh, which has actually shoved their game from yesterday to tonight, I believe, in which Mr. Newton will not be available for the Patriots um, against the uh, defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, uh, where Patrick Mahomes looks to tear them up. So, again, interesting times there. So, some sports have been affected, some haven't. Um, tennis is kind of an interesting one because the French Open is now being played when it's usually played earlier in the year. Uh, they did already play the U.S. Open. So, and I forget who, I think it was it Dominic Thiem that won it. I, I can't remember now. Or was it Zverdev? I'm not, I can't remember. But nonetheless, uh, it was one of the big ones, one of the, one of the, the true big names. Uh, but now Djokovic and Rafa are both in the French Open. Uh, Roger Federer having decided to uh, skip uh, or I think he was injured, sorry, not Skip, but uh, Roger Federer is dealing with some knee issues, so he's out uh, right now, so we'll see how this all plays out. Uh, but um, tennis is an interesting one because of this ability to kind of manipulate the schedule in a sense. It's a little easier to return to normal kind of going into next year or 2022. I personally don't think we're going to see a return to normal for a lot of these schedules at this rate until 2022 at the earliest. Um, because let's say a vaccine comes out, let's say we can start kind of moving forward. There's still some, there's still so many logistic issues that need to be sorted out, um, kind of moving forward, uh, for watching some of these, uh, things, uh, return to what would be a seemingly normal schedule for what we, uh, were accustomed the other side of it, um, and I do apologize. I, I shouldn't have said that it was a bullshit article. It wasn't a bullshit article, but it, it leads to bullshit. That's kind of the problem with anything, is when people start to take things out of context. Um, and we talked about that earlier in this episode. It was a great piece written, and it was kind of forecasting based on who the Jets had in their farm system, um, who they had on the current roster, available talent, all of these things, how the Jets were projecting, or how this person writing it was projecting the Jets would be Stanley Cup champions within a few years. And they were modeling it after other teams and the roads they had taken to Stanley Cup success. And it was kind of looking like it after they had gotten to that Western Final. So it was, it's, it's just I don't think anybody foresaw some of the decisions that were made behind the scenes um, that have kind of led to this disastrous road we've gone to. So it's, it's unfortunate, and I do apologize, and I uh, take that back. I retract that statement. Um, about it being a bullshit article. It wasn't a bullshit article. It just it leads to bullshit thinking on people's parts, and it leads to kind of bullshit excitement. Um, you know, where people are like, look at this, because the, you know, whatever says 
they're going to win, they're going to win. That, that, that's a dangerous thought pattern as well. That too many people that get too attached to their hometown um, teams get um, when these articles come out that, I mean, aren't, they're projections, they're fantasy projections. Um, people start to get a little too bs about it, and they think that, oh, hey, you know, let's go on and, uh, and start to believe that, hey, we are three years away. Well, things have to go right, okay? It's not like you're projecting this year's Stanley Cup, where you're saying, okay, this is why I think this year's Stanley Cup champion is going to be the Winnipeg Jets. When you're saying something like five years down the road, the Winnipeg Jets are going to win the Stanley Cup, that's a bold prediction, um, and for people that are going to take that too seriously and not view that as, hey, you know, this is a this is an interesting read. It's an interesting read. The article was an interesting read. It was a well-written, very interesting article. Again, the corollary of it was that I got to see firsthand in my in the office I was working was a lot of people with some BS thinking now this was reality, and uh, that's the problem. Regardless, I think. Um, I, I think, yeah, so, sorry, I got sidetracked there, but again, it's, uh, even with all of these things taking place, we are, like, you're not going to give up a whole season again, so, even logistically, yeah, you have some issues, and, and maybe the idea is, is to try to preserve things, and from a logistics standpoint, from a bubble city standpoint, try to keep things to as close a schedule through 2021 as possible, so that even the 2021-2022 season then would might get off to a later start, but then it starts to normalize, so that by the 2022-2023 season, you're back to normal. That would be, again, that's kind of the way it would be in a best-case scenario, but from what I understand, I think the Consumer Electronics Show has already been canceled in Vegas or postponed from Vegas for January. Uh, so we're, 2021's already affected. Like, I think for people that are thinking we're going to salvage some parts of 2022 or 2020, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Um, we're looking now at how much of 2021 are we going to salvage, uh, to be perfectly honest. And this is where kind of we take an unfortunate and sad turn in reality here on the show is... The idea of 2020 was a year, and boy was it a year, and it's affected all of us. Whether we want to admit it or not, it has affected absolutely everybody around us, everybody we know. When it comes to moving forward, it's a tough thing to let go of, but there, there have been, and I'm not pointing fingers in any given direction, the road that we have gotten on, the path that we have gotten on, has led us to now. We, we're not looking forward to what can be salvaged of 2020. I think right now it's disaster avoidance for 2020. And I think it's which, when can we start to see some light at the end of the tunnel for 2021, if not 2022. These things don't come and disappear just like that. I think that's one thing we're also learning. Is we, I think there were many people that got falsely ambitious, falsely optimistic, thinking, oh, hey, they're, this gonna, we're going to turn a corner here and it's going to all be over. That wasn't the case. We've seen that the hard way. We've seen people, we've seen a lot of people lose a very difficult and sad battle to this illness. Uh, we've seen businesses shut down. We've seen, you know, families, they find entire situations change over this. It's, it's not an easy time for anybody. And I don't know that enough can be said about that. But 
we sometimes, in order to know what we need to do, we need to accept reality. It's no different from a UFC fighter who fights at 155 pounds deciding I'm going to fight the heavyweight champion. You can believe skill for skill you might be better at every last aspect, but then the reality check has to come in. They weigh 100 pounds more than you, and they it's not like they don't have skill. Whatever skill they have, combined with the additional athleticism and size and strength advantages that they're going to possess, will be enough to beat you. That's reality. So maybe you're not fighting the heavyweight champion at 155 pounds. It's no different looking at this. I think we need to look at it from a disaster avoidance perspective. And this is my opinion. This is just purely opinion. A disaster avoidance perspective. I think we have we can look forward to what things might look like afterwards. As I've touched on and talked about today, there are some great things that may have come from this. I think how we've connected virtually. I think 100%. I think how we handle cleanliness. Absolutely. I am happy to hear that hotels are cleaning their rooms properly and disinfecting every last inch of it. For a long time, that was what was always talked about, was how secretly disgusting hotel rooms were, how secretly disgusting airplanes were, how secretly disgusting subways were, buses were, um, public spaces. Maybe this has forced some accountability. Maybe we can't just live in a dirty world anymore. These aren't the worst things in the world. These aren't horrible things. These aren't horrible ideas. Maybe this is, these are good things that have come out of this. I'm a big fan of it. If, if everything has to, gets to be cleaner, if I don't have to worry, if I don't have to read online about how this place is secretly dirty or that place is secretly nasty, I'm a fan of that. It's unfortunate that it's taken this virus and this illness and, and so many deaths and so many sick to deal with it, to shed light on this. But if some positives come, I think we can look at that glass half full. Anyway, I want to say this. I do thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. I'm very excited. I have the one and only uh, Sarah Nick uh, from 102.3 FM uh, here in Winnipeg. She will be joining us on the podcast on Wednesday. So if you uh, plan on tuning in, please do. Uh, That episode, we are going to be recording that Wednesday. Uh, hopefully have that up by Wednesday night. I'm very excited to have Sarah on. Um, I, I don't know what we're going to talk about, uh, but I'm sure the conversation is going to be great. Uh, check out her show, Nick at Night, um, on 102.3 uh, FM. Uh, so that's something very exciting we have. So I thank you all so much for the continued and growing support here on the Seems Legit podcast that we are able to take the steps. We are able to bring in... Um, you know, these bigger guests. I'm, I'm a big fan of all of my guests I've had. Um, I, I've been able to have a lot of my friends on the show. Um, I've been able to have the guys from the Vegas Squares who are personal friends of mine. I've had Token Tony. I've had my buddy Nick. I've had Walter. Um, we've had some very exciting times, and we are all excited for the continued growth here on the Seems Legit podcast, and it's all because of you. So I do thank you all. Um, I encourage you to ha- to tell people to listen. I try to be a positive show. I try to shed light, have open and honest discussions with all of you, because um, it's what I do. I don't believe in the bullshit. I don't like to BS. I don't like to be BSed. So why would I do it to any of you? As I said, I tell it like it is. 
I don't, ex you know, you don't expect everybody to necessarily agree with what you're saying, but you say it. And um, this isn't a, pl a space of put down and run things down. This is a space of discussion and uh, intelligent discussion, clear discussion, um, but honest discussion. And I thank you all that you guys have given me this. And uh, so, again, thank you. Uh, if you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the dude Sunny D. Thank you all so much for tuning into this episode. Uh, as I said, this uh, this Wednesday we have Sarah Nick. Um, local radio personality in Winnipeg here joining the show so uh, tune in for that make sure to subscribe um, thank you all take care and bye bye for now